When it comes to commercial snow removal, look to Tovar Snow Professionals. With the largest snow and ice management fleet in the Midwest, Tovar delivers top-notch commercial sidewalk and parking lot clearing services, even in winter's worst weather conditions. With their 24-hour live office staff, certified meteorologists, and personal service, they are leaders in professional snow removal. To get a free estimate for snow removal on your site, go to baseball.tovarsnow.com or call 844-GO-TOVAR. That number again is 844-GO-TOVAR. Tovar Snow Professionals, Chicago's snowplowing leader. Tovar is an equal opportunity employer. We're Cubs fans helping Cubs fans at Stewart's Cubs Cave Parties. Everybody's in for giving back to those in need. We're going to Club 400. Club 400. We're going to Club 400. Club 400. We're going to Club 400 Radio. Up 400 podcast is back in effect, and we're actually released an episode on time. Can That's you believe right. it? No, it's all good. John actually got you the file on time. <laughs> yeah, right, right <laughs> down to the last minute. And we actually released it on a Sunday night. Hey, you know what? It was a little rough, but it's like riding the bike. You get back on, and it ended really rough. Here we, we were are. Just, we we're kind of like, yeah, this is this is about as much as we could talk about, and then we just shut up. So one of the most, and I want to talk about this for a little bit, one of the most frequent questions I get about Club 400 is how did you get the name of Club 400? And the answer is simple, because my two passions in life is are basically music and baseball. I love music, and I love baseball. Too. Where does Lisa fit into that? I'm um, Lauren. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, you can delete that part, right? Yeah, I'll probably, yeah I, I might delete it. <laughs> But, I mean, those are the things that I really love. So I basically combine the fact that when you go on Wrigley Field, you go to the 400 sign, get your picture. It's like one of the main places to do it. And then, uh, so that was the 400 part of it. And the club was like, I wanted a fun place to hang out and party at. So Club 400 was about one of five names that I had chose. Club 400 stuck with me, and that's where we're at right now because of my love for music and baseball, and speaking of music and baseball, now hold up before we move on. Yeah. What were the other names? That I don't. Were the you option? know what? I honestly don't remember. They don't even matter. They anymore. didn't stick with it because yeah. you said you did. You did say Club 100 stuck with you. Which yeah, means the it, other ones. Yeah, I mean, I actually asked wind. my brother. I asked my mom. I asked Lisa what we should call this place, and I thought at the time that this place deserves to have a name, and I guess it did. Yeah. You know? So, by the way, Club 400 podcasts. We also do events. We're up to th- over $390,000 right now for money raised for charity. But let's talk about music for a second. My passion, besides baseball. Mm. Well, and baseball and music have always been intertwined since way back in the 1800s. Oh, I'll tell you one thing. And our guest today, which we'll bring him on in a little bit, is Gary Pressey, uh, the former organist of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, I remember... Uh, Memories going back to when my mom brought me to Wrigley Field. And, you know, the, the organ was such a big part of the atmosphere of Wrigley Field and still is to this day. Yeah. And, like, basically, ever since I became a Cub fan, Gary Pressey's been on the organ. And back in the day, uh, almost every single game, Wayne Mesmer was the national anthem singer. So, uh, it's part of uh, bringing these guys back to Club 400. Getting, you know, we asked Gary to actually come out for the Christmas party. He's actually a smart man. 
And he's headed down south for the winter, <laughs> so he's no dummy, that guy. He is not. Well, but, I think I think Oregon, uh, the, the Oregon in Chicago is more than just something that the Cubs had because the former organist before Pressy was Frank Pellico, and now he's with the Blackhawks and has been about as long as Pressy's been with the Cubs now. Yeah, I think Gary said that he was he lost out to that gentleman yeah. in 1984, that year yeah. the baseball baseball Cubs baseball changed forever, and that I he only must work for the Cubs till '87. That's when Gary Gary took over. But now I didn't know that he's the Blackhawks guy. Yeah, huh? Frank Pellico. I did not oh, he, know that. He's no. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he does the uh, the national anthem with uh, Jim Cornelison. Every time where the, okay. the crowd is just right. rowdy, about as loud as it gets in the room. And John here, as we know, is a, a musician himself. A musician. Did I say that right? I didn't say sure. magician. I said a musician. Yeah, I'm a magician. Oh, he's a magician, too. I'm a magician. <laughs> he's a magic man. He disappears a lot. He, I know he doesn't show up <laughs> half the time we ask him to be here. but <laughs> That's what 50 hours a week will do to you, man. But, you know, he does live in McHenry, where my old hometown is. So he has a little bit of drive to get here. So appreciate yeah. it. We're going to have to eat. And Surprised I he hasn't right. gave me any gas receipts yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming. <laughs> he's, he's bulking them up. <laughs> They're on one of those like pegs you have on your desk. Right. Like, the receipts like here. It's like Reimburse. My, it's like one of my employees gave me two months of gas receipts. Like, yeah. what, 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 where do these come from? Driving. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, let's talk about music for a second. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm sure everybody loves music. It's, you know, it's what makes you get through your days a lot of time, but um, let's. I will ask this question. We're, we're going to do a top some baseball songs in here, but I'll start with Johnny. Johnny, your uh, last concert you went to? Last concert? Yeah, Phil last Collins. Phil Collins. Yeah, man, he nice. was. He went through Chicago in October, and uh, he can't walk anymore. He's got back problems or whatever, so he can't drum. So his seventeen-year-old son was on tour with them, and he's. Unbelievable! You would really? not believe this kid was only seventeen, but he was. His voice sounds exactly like it always has. Phil Collins used to be a part of the group. Come on now, Chicago. Come on! No, the, you said you're the, a music from fan the, from the beginning. Oh, dude, Genesis! Oh, Genesis! Genesis, dude! I used you to, just broke I, my heart. Well, I'm man. just saying. In high school, I used to listen to Genesis, and I had some love songs in there that I used to give uh-huh. the girls. You know, I used to. Hey, this song is dedicated to you. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. I actually, one of, one of those songs was Sheriff. When I'm with you. Yeah. Remember oh, that one? I just heard it today. Nah. Yeah, I did. That's one of those obscure ones that comes on 93 <laughs> one every now and again. But uh, what's your next? You have any concerts planned, John? Planned? Yeah, coming up. Not, not no? really. I, 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 I entered the employment world since then, and it's been kind of overtaking my life, which is okay. It means okay. I'm getting paid, but I have no time to do really anything. Except Club for Hundred Podcasts and work. So William, last concert, next concert. Uh, last concert was the Steven Tyler Extravaganza. Uh, in oh, Woodstock. I guess I could have said yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, I was sure. the, okay. That was kind of a we, surprise. That was, that was a group okay. outing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, John showed up all hungover. Yeah. And he didn't want to go until I told him it was Steven Tyler that he changed his mind all the right. I didn't believe you at first. I'm yeah. just like, Woodstock? Yeah, right. What? And it's I, our good friends at Bunker Hill. After all, there he was. That was a good show. That was a definitely. Really good show. And then my have... next one will be probably. I have seen the Rolling Stones. Every one of their. This is our last tours, mm-hmm. and I think they're done now. So they'll have <laughs> one more. So I'll probably go to that. They're next the Brett one. Favre of bands. Nice. Yeah. How nice. about you, Stu? Well. I would have to say uh, my last concert was Steven Tyler too. That's you know it was recent, obviously, mm-hmm. but 
before that was DMX at House of Blues. Oh, yeah. Because that's how hardcore I rolled. Wait, dude. didn't you see uh, Buddy Guy? Buddy Guy was, who was he Metro. With? Oh, that was Hot Stove Cool Music. Yeah. Theo's Epstein's charity event that he has yeah, every Lynn year. Yeah, Bramer was hosting. That and that's one, another yeah. way of baseball and music go together. And that's why we're talking about this with Gary coming on here. Because, yeah. you know, music and baseball. But my next concert, I got a couple coming up. But Mumford & Sons, I love them. Oh, that's yeah. Good. I love Mumford. And right now, I'm pretty hot on the uh, Lumineers album, oh, which is great. No kidding. Yeah, I love Lumineers. I didn't dude. peg you a Lumineers Yeah, I didn't yeah, peg you a Lumineers yeah. I didn't either. Now I'm going to have to check it out. And I, yeah, I, I hate to say it to the listeners out there. I am a fan of Coldplay. Not that I, they have a concert coming up, but I listen to all kinds of music. Rap was what I grew up on, uh-huh. and now I'm all over the map. But wow. uh, I'm going to Kenny Chesney this year, too, in Milwaukee. Go, so man. it's going to be good. Nice. I, res- I respect that you're all over the map. I'm all over. Because there's there's crappy artists in every genre, and there's great artists in every genre, I think. Right. It's all about taste. It is. I know you got to move so, around a little bit. you got to yeah. try different things. You know, you can't have a hamburger every single day, William. <laughs> right. You cannot. <laughs> well, you cannot. could, but you'd die. <laughs> yeah. so, so I don't know if you guys know this. I did my research today, and there's been a huge history of music and baseball hmm. going back to like every single team has had theme songs mm-hmm. since like the 20s well you know the 84 wgn cubs theme song that lasted for like yeah 20 years right yeah you don't you, you don't, i'm not gonna sing it oh Did come you on to sing a bar or two well go ahead come on no go ahead Hey Chicago, no, what do you man. say? You're talking about that one. When right? the when the when the when WGN would introduce the Cubs, uh, like jump, the graphic. Jump, yes. Jump. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Van, Van Halen. Go dude. ahead and jump. Dun, dun. So there's that. And then uh kind of more recently, or I thought it was more recently, was this whole walk up uh your walk up song. Yeah. yeah. You know how long that's been going on? It's been going a while. Like ten years. Cubs were like one of the last teams that actually adopted it. You know who the first player was? Who? You said 10 years. How long ago? Oh, I'm going to say Mariano Rivera. Okay. His walk-up. What do you got? First player on any team? Ever. Because he's been doing that. Well, I'm going to guess, guess a 90s. big market. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, Yankees. It was Yankees, I bet you. It was not. It was Dodgers? actually Lou Brock. Wow. 1971. And okay, his walk- the Carpenters or something? That's way- <laughs> and his, no, his walk-up song, and by the way, it was played on the organ there, was the theme from Shaft. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I swear to God. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Shaft. Yep. That's hilarious. How do you play that on the organ? That's interesting. I don't know. That's like I would love to hear chords. it now. Yeah, well, you're the guy that could answer that question. Because he knows how to play the organ. Right. I, I was just I, wondering. I have never played a musical instrument ask, in my we, life. We should ask Gary when we have mine if he's yeah. ever played the theme from I Shaft. think I will ask him what, what the most obscure song he's ever played. That's Because I've heard him whip out some weird stuff. And they're like so much, it's so weird that like the announcers would be like, what's he playing? How about that? And like they right. recognize it, but it's like they never expect an organist to play it. So I can't wait to, to talk to him, pick his brain a little bit. All right. Top five favorite baseball themed songs or songs that remind you of baseball oh we're doing that now okay. let's do yeah. it let's do it well um you i'll got tell it? you what I, I i actually william asked me to write down a few uh-huh. i'm gonna go for one off the, that you guys i don't even know if you heard of but i'd like you to play it at the end of this episode okay because i think it's awesome song all right kenny rogers sang a song called the greatest and it was a uh, based uh on a, a little boy Playing Little League Baseball, mm. who thought he was the greatest baseball player mm. of all time. Have you guys ever heard that song? I have not. Is it going to make me cry? 
it's just a really great song. I and like I forgot Andrews. about it. I started Googling like best baseball songs, and I remember this song. I, I mean, I don't remember the lyrics or anything, but I just remember I'm like, man, this is a hidden gem right here. This is a great song. Kenny Rogers. Let's right. go after some other ones, guys. John, who do you get? Uh, my number five, I put center field. John Fogarty. That's got to be up there. Yeah, that's yeah. got to be. Pretty simple. But it's still not my top four. I mean, that's not number yeah, five. Yeah, it's five. So there's my number five is a song called Talking Baseball, Willie, Mickey, and the Duke. Right. Okay. We're talking baseball. We're talking baseball. They rewrote the, it for every team, yes, too. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah, yeah, really cool. Probably 70 That takes effort, man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Something I was going to do at my wedding, like I was going to hire a guitarist and sing this sh- song. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't. Because <laughs> it was like sounded really cool at the time, at the time and it just didn't work out. You had out. some liquid courage flowing through yeah. your veins. A dying like Cubs fan's last request oh, by Steve Stevens. Now that that is a classic song. Yeah, yeah absolutely. A depressing song, but basically about a Cub fan who I'm was sh- dying who never saw the World Series. I'm sure you got another Steve Goodman song. On there. Oh yes. Okay. Go Cubs, let's, go. Let's hope. Now, we um, all know "Go Cubs, Go." Everybody does. was written by Steve Goodman, and the year that he wrote it, I think the year it came out was 1984, mm-hmm. and he died before the season ended. I hope I'm right. He passed away from leukemia. I thought it was this right before the season started. Maybe it was, but it was. Before, that's why it was so I know prominent. he didn't see the Cubs win the World. No, I mean that. Oh, <laughs> no one saw the Cubs win the World Series uh, up until two thousand sixteen. My great grandma was born in nineteen fourteen, died in 07. Yeah. Never even, ever saw him make like, win it. That's so depressing. That's okay. Uh, one one of my favorites, like because I you know I got a little rap, but mm. this was kind of like a. Well, this song came out after Super Bowl Shuffle. And it, they were the Cubs tried to pull off a Super Bowl shuffle, and it didn't really stick or hit. But uh, Men in Blue, do you guys remember that song? No. Mm-mm. I'll sing a little song. You ready? Go for it. Mm-hmm. Here's to you, Men in Blue. You're the cream of the crop. You're a team built on steam. You'll go right to the top. And sure as there's ivy on the center field wall. The men in blue are going to win it all. You guys have never heard that. I have not. That last stanza. Oh, I think I heard that little last part. Men in blue are going to win it all. Up. I know that Jody Davis sang in that song. Our good friend Bud Light, Jody Davis. Jody Davis. Uh, Rick Sutcliffe sang in that song. Mm. Oh, that's another song, by the way, the Jody Davis song. Jody. Yeah, Jody <laughs> Davis. <laughs> all right, what's your next one, Johnny? Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of The Sandlot. I'm sure both of all of us are. I only watched the Sandlot like last year for the first time in my life. Are you kidding wow. me? Never watched it. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that. Anyway, <laughs> so there's a scene, the 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 Fourth of July scene where they're playing underneath the fireworks, and Ray Charles' "America the Beautiful" is playing in the background with that awesome piano lick. So that's my favorite version of that song, and every time I hear it, it reminds me of night baseball in the midsummer. Nice. And then the my number three is Green Onions by Booker T. Green Onions. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, sure you, you know have. it. Yeah, everyone knows Green yeah. Onions. Well, I could probably I pull it up real quick. Go ahead, Bill. I had uh, Glory Days by Bruce Springsteen. Classic, okay. a classic. That's that's my number two. <laughs> and my uh, number three was um, Tessie by the Dropkick Murphys. Like it. And, uh, Interesting. I love Dropkick Murphys. One of my favorite bands. Um, that we have a autograph signed baseball on the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the World Series. I think it was the first year they won the World Series, signed wor- by all the members of the band. Oh, cool! That's wow. how much I love Dropkick Murphys. Nice. So yeah. I'm all over the place. I told you. All right, here's, you re- here's Green Onions. 
Oh, you yeah. know that. So. Yeah. All right. I think they played at Woodstock. Probably. Probably. <laughs> but yeah, music is such an integral part of baseball and life in general. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to, you know, I, I've been to, we've all been to a lot of baseball games, but how many games do we actually remember? Not many, but you remember the atmosphere. You remember yeah. the sounds. You remember the smells. You remember yeah. the songs. And yeah, and you and, and then Gary brought a lot to us. So um, we're gonna bring Gary on here, and we're gonna get a little bit of you know, I mean, this guy lived the dream. Mm-hmm. He actually lived the dream, and uh, we'll bring Gary on right now. Playing his twenty-four hundredth consecutive game, Cubs organist Gary Cressy. Thank you, Andy. And I'd like to have the world's greatest fans join me to take me out to the ball game for the 2400th time. So let me hear you. A one, a two, a three. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Club 400 podcast is proud to present Gary Pressy. Gary, I mean, I'll tell you what, you have lived the dream, man. I mean, I've done my homework and your story is remarkable. First of all, congratulations on your 33, uh, 33 years playing the Oregon at Wrigley Field span of three decades. Uh, un- unbelievable. Thank you very much, Stu. I always say it's a third of a century. <laughs> And, you know, the amazing thing is, like, you know, I think this is the most important thing I want to get to our listeners today. Mm-hmm. And make sure you tell your kids this. Whatever your dreams are, go for it. You got it. Because, you- Gary, I, I mean, honestly, your Hollywood story here, I mean, t- <laughs> tell us how, like, you got started. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, um, just amazing. Well, okay, well, I've always liked sports and music. And when I was five years old, I'd be in the backyard by my grandparents with vines on the wall, on the garage wall, and imitating Jack Brickhouse, Sano, Williams, the umpires, the whole nine yards. I would uh, hum the national anthem, and then I would do Take Me Out to the Ball Game later. And and um, so it was in me that young. And when I was in second grade, we had a uh, class uh, project, What Do You Want to Be? And so I want to be an organist for a professional baseball team. And the uh, the teacher said, "Well, go for it." So that was uh, that was unbelievable. That I I knew it at that young age. That's what I wanted to do. I mean, the fact that you were so successful at it. I mean, you played for one of the most storied franchises in all of baseball. Yeah, right. It's You're a, kidding. I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. If you put your mind to it, like Gary did at five years old, playing in his grandma's <laughs> house. Looking at vines. <laughs> yeah, really. You know? And and uh, and my team would always win. That's the good thing. <laughs> there was there was no sixty nine Cub slump. That just, year. <laughs> yeah, just like I was going to say, just like the Cubs. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, and when I threw out the first pitch on my last game, uh, 
that invisible batter was up there, and uh, well, the catcher the catcher called for a pitch out. <laughs> the pitch was just a bit outside. But no, seriously, uh, that's what I always wanted to do. And uh, and um, so when I was 18 years old, I started playing the organ at an ice rink in Crestwood, and then I the doors opened up for me to play for the Chicago Steam soccer team. John McDonough was uh, involved in that. Uh, the Chicago Hustle women's basketball team, DePaul College, Loyola, and the beat went on. Yeah, and then and then 1987 was your first year with the Chicago Cubs. That was um, the year that our good, my, my favorite guy of all time, my idol, Harry Carey, uh, had a stroke that year, correct? Right, he did not, uh, he missed the first month and a half. I did three games in 1986. I did the last three games in 86. Um, so Harry was there, but in 87, they would have guest, uh, guest, guest, uh, announcers, Brent Musburger, Bill Murray, Ernie Howell. And so Harry came on, I believe it was mid May, like May 19th. And that was the first time in 87 that uh, I accompanied him on taking me out to the ballgame. And you know, one thing I, as a, as a young kid growing up, Gary was, uh, tell us about yeah your relationship with Harry Carey because he'd always mention your name. Gary, are you ready over there, everybody? A one, a two. Uh, tell us about your relationship with Harry because I I mean he kind of brought you, you know, outside to the of the spotlight. Yeah, to the spotlight, right? To the spotlight, yeah. Because it's funny because especially at the Cubs convention they would say, "Oh, you're Gary," <laughs> <laughs> and so Harry would uh, I would say about eighty percent of the time, "Okay, Gary, let me hear you." Yeah, one or two or three, and he was very cordial. But he took that, uh, should I say, event very seriously, and uh, I mean he wasn't he wasn't Sinatra by no means. But uh, one time he uh, we had a little problem with the uh, sound system, so it was kind of mumble jumble. And he comes after the game; he was not happy. He said, "Gary, what the heck happened?" I didn't say heck. He said, "Hell." I said, "Well, I I think it was the sound system." He said, "Well, fix it." Down it, and he didn't say down it. <laughs> so I mean, he 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 wanted to be heard, and everybody, you know, you got forty thousand people looking up, eighty thousand eyes looking up at Harry, and uh, when he sings the stretch, and he knew it, he knew it too. That was that was his time to shine. Not that he didn't the other uh, nine innings, but uh, he uh, he took it seriously, and he loved it. He loved every minute of it. Gary, did you? Uh play the organ by ear or do you read notes uh i do both uh, i read notes i also uh god bless me that uh i had a good ear to pick up songs that i could kind of like do spontaneously when something goes on on the field that uh would di- dictate that type of song so that that's a pretty good advantage when you could you know pick it up by ear and then do you have a do you have a plan of what you're going to play when, or is it all just by feel of what's going on in the game and what's happening yeah. with the crowd and all of that kind of thing? Yeah, uh, before the game, obviously, when you when I was doing pregame, you kind of like you know line up what you want to do, but then you get sometimes during pregame the usher comes up with a request, or oh, can you play this, or oh, can you play that? This aisle four sixteen wants to hear this, so you do that. But during the game, uh, a lot of it is. It's spontaneous. I mean, if the Cubs are down a couple runs, and not that the crowd needs to get going because they, they're always on a roll, but you just want to jack up a little more energy into the program, and so you try to get the crowd influenced so that the team uh, could score some runs. <laughs> Gary, I was going to ask you, I, 
people know this. It's not like I'm telling anybody that. Now. But you have a remarkable memory. Like every time you listen to any interviews with Gary, he'll <laughs> tell you the, the exact day and date it happened. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. How, 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 was that since day one? Have you always had that gift of memory? And like, and how, uh, how, how has that played into your career as being an organist for the Cubs? I mean, it well, must. Well, like I mean, I mean, one of my favorite opening days as a kid is April 12th, 1965, Cubs Cardinals 10 10 tie, Hawk of the Darkness. I mean, I just remember stuff like that. Um, you know, and I think you have to be a baseball fan for the job that you have. Also, you got to be a good musician. I don't think you need to know exact dates and all that, but I, I was always uh, enthralled by lis- listening to games and putting it in the back of my mind, dates and scores and events. And this, it's a weird thing, but uh, again, God bless me with that. I mean, he really did. I can't remember what I did yesterday. Well, I, I, re- I remember 8888. Oh, <laughs> well, who, who doesn't? That, that's you know? the only one I remember being at. <laughs> yeah, well, that, was, that was the first night game. Um, Sandberg homing in the bottom of the first after Morgana wanted to give him a little kiss. <laughs> and then what did we go? Three and a half innings and then mm-hmm. it rained. And then and, the uh, rains came. And Lancaster and Jody and Maddox did the old top so, swimming. Uh, that, was, that, was, that was a weird night. That was a crazy <laughs> night. So, uh, Gary, you're such a big part of Wrigley Field for the last 33 years. I mean, I was, we were saying before we brought you on as uh, the sights and the sounds and the smells of the ballpark make it come alive. And it was you who really made the ballpark for me come alive every single, every single day I was there. And I'm, I'm going to definitely miss it. Uh, what are we going to do next year? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you have your, this is a question, John, I was wondering, everybody has their own style, right? So, I mean, the oh, Gary yeah. Pressy oh, years repertoire, are... Repertoire, yeah. repertoire. Is that repertoire? Yeah, well, repertoire, yeah, they, they set up. But I That's always... A fancy word. <laughs> yeah, no, no and I, if, I've been to United Center. they got Frank Pellick over there. He's got a certain tone that he's chosen, the different patches and uh, yeah, how everybody much... Ha- yeah, everybody has their own little technique that they do. I mean, it's just like when you've got a batter's... Uh, not to put this into perspective, but uh, a batting stamp. Yeah. Everybody's different, you know what I'm saying? And I'm trying to like compare that with uh, the style as a musician, kind of a bad maybe uh, put together. But no, everybody has their own gift inside them, and you take it with you and you just just try to best. Now you were saying that uh, how I um, you enjoyed my music. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe the last month, the cards, the letters, the uh, the twitters. I mean, it's crazy. People really, really got out of their way to, to thank me, and I, I deeply appreciate that. So and much. it's well-deserved, Gary. Come on. Well, thanks. And, you know, um, the last game of your career, mm-hmm. there was fans that specifically mm-hmm. stayed behind. I know. And your last song was My Way. My Way by Sinatra, yeah. And, well, I mean, what a great choice because... We're talking since you were a little boy at five. This was this was your dream and you accomplishment. You accomplished it. Not only did you accomplish it, I mean, you had thirty three years there and you didn't miss one game. You, you know, no, I didn't. And, and was it two thousand six hundred and eighty seven? It would have been nice if we had about eight more, but uh, be that as it may. Um, no, that and again, it's. Uh, the Almighty God giving you the, the blessings of uh, your health and that, and also, you know, you 
dedication and loyalty, and and you do see that in a lot of people uh, in their work, and and you don't in others. But uh, I was just one that uh, was fortunate enough to have that dedication and loyalty. So I know, like, what, what you never missed the day of work. I mean, there's had to be days you didn't feel yeah. like going. Oh sure. Oh yeah. And I mean, there was there was one that uh, if the old male didn't stay down, I'd have a problem. <laughs> but the old male stayed down, so I, I was okay. <laughs> What's the game plan for that? If you went to, I mean, we'll never know. But well, if exactly. You... Yeah, I, I don't. Maybe they would have gone with uh, CDs. I, I I really don't know. That 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 was the organization. Yeah. Okay. What's the thing about Wrigley is Wrigley in and of itself, is a constant. I mean, everyone who is alive pretty much today has only ever seen Wrigley and tied it with the Cubs in Chicago. And for me, I was born in 94, so I'm I'm basically a fetus. Oh, well, you're a young pup. A young, yeah, yeah, so... And, a young pup. <laughs> exactly. My, my, I, I was going to Wrigley before I could talk, and <laughs> you had the same... I don't know how you managed to do it, and it's, I really wanted to ask you about it, like how you chose the certain tone that's on that organ because it's been largely the same for this whole time. It's a slightly reverb. There's a little bit of flute and a little bit of like percussion in there. I can hear it, and it's it's in the, in the rhythms. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, I was lucky. Uh, Lowry Organ, uh, Lowry Organ Company was so good and so great, and they they made some great instruments. Yeah, and the one they have there now is is uh, is unbelievable. And before that, it, it's been a Lowry since 1967 over there. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and uh, like you said, you know, the acoustics and the reverbs, and uh, it's just, uh, you try to put it all together, and hopefully that it works. <laughs> and, and that's the depressing thing for someone like me. I mean, that, you know, the sound of, the, of you know, Gary Pressey, it's not going to be there anymore. I mean, there's going to be someone to replace you. Life moves on sure. and like that, but it's not going to be the Gary Pressey style, you right. know? Well, again... Thank you very much, but uh, everything comes to an end. Uh, Ernie Banks retired, and someone took his play, You know what I'm saying? So it's Billy Williams uh, played for the Cubs so many years, and he was traded to Oakland, and somebody replaced him. So you know, you just go on. Life goes on. Mm-hmm. Well, we always, you know, we've had over 30 major league ball players over here, and one of the questions we usually ask them, and one of the questions I wanted to ask you because I think it was pretty cool. I did hear the story about the day that you found out you got hired by the Chicago Cubs. Can you tell us that story? Yeah, um, uh, this was before cell phones. So this was in 87, on April Fool's Day. And I I was doing the organ at the Sour Sights Arena, and then we went over there to do a, a tournament. And John McDonough calls home, and good old mom answers, number one fan. And he tells he tells my mom, I know you mothers, you know, you always uh, say the good news. To let me call him at the rink and let me tell him the news. So my mom gave him the number. He called the Sava Serena. I was there and in front of all my friends over there, and they really celebrated, and it was cool. That's amazing. Yeah. And then th- 33 years to, you know, basically this October. Right. Uh, you called Wrigley Field your home. And your job. My, in my office, yeah, yeah. in my office. <laughs> and tell, us about, uh, tell us about some of your, uh, I, tell us about your routine um, as far as like uh, home game 120, let's say. Uh, 
your day has you get started. He might give yeah, us we, specifically 120, so be careful. <laughs> that's right. Well, not 121. It's 120. Yeah. Uh, for an extra commercial, it's 122. Um, so we'll stop playing the organ around 11 o'clock uh, after the Cubs take batting practice, and then the visitors take the batting practice, and then I would take that up till around 1230, and then Andy, A.B., will start his announcements and interlude a little music, and we uh, throw the first pitch at 120. And uh, going into a game, uh, did you research the uh, opponents and did did you bring uh, certain songs in for those guys too or are you strictly really concentrating on the uh, Cubs team? No, 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 it's both teams. I mean, there's a catchy name on the other side of uh, the ledger. We'll we'll, uh, try to accompany that. And obviously now the Cubs have walk-up music, so they have their own music that they, they want when they bat. But that doesn't influence uh, what I do when the Cubs back. Is I'm there to get the crowd, keep the crowd going, and keep them interested in the game, which is not a hard thing to do with Cub fans. Yeah, and the, the the Cubs pretty much stayed strong with tradition for a very long time. Like they didn't play walk up music until what was it, 2015? 15. You got that's, it. That's what I thought. That's when they put the big board in. Yeah, and that kind of changed things a little bit. Not only with that, but with the Dixieland Band, who've been out here a few times. Who I, I love those guys. Um, oh yeah, those guys. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess they're still around. Yeah, but they're outside the ballpark. Right, exactly. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you this: as far as like, uh, this is something I I want to ask you. You're you're sitting up there, and you know you have a job to do. How uh, how do you, do you follow the ball? I mean, are you watching the game? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, every pitch, every pitch. We have a monitor up there, too, but uh, I I watch what goes on on the field because uh, you never know. You may have an opportunity to to check something uh, on the organ that will, would go with what's going on on the field. So, And you have to be, uh, obviously, uh, you mind your P's and Q's. I, I got a cute story to tell you about the uh, umpires. Um, Bruce Fremming, our friend, who uh, Mel Pappas dearly loved, um, he called me up. One day in the morning, and he says, are you the organist? I said, yes. He says, well, my aunt and uncle are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary, and I'm, I want to give them a bouquet of flowers in the fifth inning. Can you play Let Me Call Your Sweetheart? I said, no problem. So he was very, very nice. And to that day until he retired, every time they would exchange the lineup cards, he looked up and gave me a wave. Oh, wow. Yeah, Bruce. Bruce That's really cool. That was Bruce's other side. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> That's great. As far as the, uh, your relationships with, play, uh, let's say specifically Chicago Cub players, did, did uh-huh. you get feedback from those guys at certain points because there was no walk-up music? They say, hey, Gary, can you play me this? Can you do this for no, me? Or? No, not really. No, not really. I, I'll tell you that the, the guys who were really interactive was uh, Mark Grace because he was in the movie Taking Care of Business. So when he'd be warming up on the sidelines, I would sometimes pump that song out and he would turn and give me the wave jody jody davis would put his heart over his his hand over his heart when i would play dixie i mean and and those guys sandberg oh it doesn't get any better and um uh ben zolvis is is a great guy he he was up there doing a commercial in the score uh, booth and i was sitting at the organ he come by and he stopped he looked he he turned on he come back he says i gotta take a selfie with you this is where the organ is so, I mean, he's, he's a great guy. Now, you, you did have a CD released at some point, which I have. Okay. And I will tell the listeners this. Um, 
Gary was out here for the Rizzo event. I'm just going to tell you how cool of a guy Gary is, okay? <laughs> he came out. He played the Rizzo event, which, by the way, I have your organ here, one of your organs that you used. How many organs did you have while you worked at Wrigley? Uh, I believe there were three. So I have one of them. Yeah, you're batting. Yeah, you're batting. <laughs> batting. Well, there was at 33 again. And I believe that was used from 1993 to 2004. And I yeah. can't tell you how much an honor it was for you to be here and to put, like, you know, this was my, my dream. And to have the sounds of Wrigley inside, you know, my dream was unbelievable. And I, I swear to God, about a year later, Gary reaches out to me. He's got his own bobblehead which actually plays organ music. And he sent me a bobblehead and a very nice note, which is located right now. I don't know if you know this, Gary. I put your note in there, too, with the bobblehead. And one of the class cases displayed here in Club 400. The fact that you remembered us a year later and sent me a bobblehead out of the kindness of your heart, I I have to thank you for that because I really appreciate it. And that was a limited edition. That was a limited edition, wasn't it? Yes, it it was. Yeah, you remember good people. I think they made 500 of them. Um, and, uh, I'm glad you got one. That's, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy. And, uh, yeah, that was a, that's a cute one. They did that in 2016 and you, you press the little button on the keyboard and it plays my version of, uh, take me out to the ball game, but not singing version, just the organ version. Thank God. <laughs> I was fortunate <laughs> to see a couple of yours when you did the stretch yourself. <laughs> I did. I think I did, uh, four times at the stretch. Yeah. And you're multi, you're, you're playing and you're singing at the same time, which is multitasking. What can you say, right? <laughs> you are, you are a multitasker. I'll tell you that. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of that, how many foul balls do you think you got over the course uh, of time? Well, the first two years we were down there, right for the line, we were we were getting shot out there. We had like five or six of them coming to the booth, but since they moved to the other booth, one, and it hit the fax machine, and that just shows you how long ago that was. And Henry Rodriguez hit it, and it hit the fax machine and bounced out. Really? Oh, Henry, huh? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, we've had a squirrel come up there and uh, drink a Pepsi on the ledge. We have a whole bunch of things going on in that booth. It's an animal, it's an animal fest. <laughs> we, got, we had a bat up there, a squirrel. We had uh, oh, spiders. They're not animals, but spiders rolling around. But, hey, that's Wrigley Field for you. Yeah, birds. We had a bird nest. Oh, wow. <laughs> they, love, they, love, they love the PA booth. What can I say? <laughs> as far as um, going, to, going to Wrigley Field mm-hmm. and that being your, your job and mm-hmm. looking out, because you, had one of the best, you have one of the best views in Wrigley Field. Like, it is. It really is. Like, you're going to go back. You're not, you know, just because you're retired now. You're going to go back to Wrigley Field, and you're going to sit in the stands, right, and drink a, sure, maybe a cold beer and watch a game once in a while, right? Yeah, I'm sure the doors aren't going to be shut on me over there. <laughs> and you won't have to pay for a ticket, right? I mean, you're going to I would hope. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or, or double price. I don't know what it would be. Gulper's tickets, huh? <laughs> no, but uh, they they were very the, – the Ricketts family, so cordial to me, and Crane Kenny. And then I'll tell you one thing. Um, my two bosses, Jim, well, everyone's my boss there, but Jim Aborkowitz and Max Berman, I have to give out a shot to him. He he went, he is unbelievable. He is so thoughtful, so genuine. And you just don't sometimes run through people like that. It's the me, me world, not him. Max always had time for 
for myself or what, what I wanted, my needs, and uh, he always took care of me. Along those lines, Gary, what uh, what plans do you have for the future? Well, R&R and uh, go to my uh, little house out there in Florida and uh, just take it easy and not fight the traffic. It's, it's funny when people say, what are you going to do now? It's not what am I going to do now, it's what I'm not going to do. <laughs> and it's fighting that great two-hour traffic back and forth. But uh, I thought a third of the century is... Uh, it's long enough. Long enough. Yeah. Uh, how happy is your wife? Is she pretty happy now? She gets well. No, I, I am single. Oh, you are. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> That's okay. I don't have any arguments. But my 95 year old mom, she's with us. She threw out a first pitch, by the way, in 2016. Oh wow! And she told Justin Grimm, who caught the ball, and this is not a lie. She says, "With the help of God, you guys are going to win the World Series." Now, of course, we won it, so I tell you that story. Boston. Right. If we lost, I wouldn't be telling you that. But she had these 17 um, elephant uh, shells, and elephants are good luck. And Bryant's her favorite player. So this 17 all kicked in. <laughs> and then, of course, we had, what, a 17-minute rain delay in Game 7. So, I mean, I don't know. You, you take it from there. But she's, uh, she threw out a better pitch than I did, that's for sure. Um, she threw out a arthritis split-finger fastball. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and they gave you. Well, obviously, you have a World Series ring. I mean, how, how yes. much does that mean to have to have that? I mean, that's but, the know, that's the pinnacle of uh, anything. Of to any, have that, uh, yeah, of any athlete, you know, of any athlete, of anybody that's involved with an organization to win a World Series or an NBA championship or Stanley Cup, whatever it be. But in our case, to win the World Series, at least I can look at that uh, hardware and say, "Hey, I was part of it." I mean. We want it, and they can't take that away from us. Even if we lost every game the next year, we still were champs in 2017 and 2016. And I've got the ring, and and I wear it occasionally. And um, that's another thing that the Ricketts family is so uh, nice that they they gave us uh, a beautiful ring, beautiful. And I have to say that Cubs overall did a great job. Uh, sending you off. They gave you a scoreboard tile too, right? 33? Yeah. Yeah, with 33. And then in the back, uh, on the other side, it's custom made uh, uh, take me out to the ball game with the words, and it says how many games I did for the Cubs in the years. So that was that was pretty, pretty sweet. And then they gave me a big Benny's uh, wine. That's which, odd. So like, you, you, you went home, um, obviously, the last game of the season, and – and I'm sure you did a little reflection on your career. Uh, I mean, you're such, you know, you're, you're a pretty blessed person, obviously, to be able to, you know, live out your dreams. And, uh, you know, at the age of five, you kind of knew what you wanted to do, and you actually yeah. did it. I mean. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, my recollection of the uh, last game was before, when I went to the park. It was a Sunday morning, and uh, praying that it didn't rain, and the rain held off. But uh, I took pictures. I went to the left field corner, and if you remember this, where Billy caught uh, Hank Aaron's uh, fly ball that kept Holtzman's no-hitter going. Took a picture there. I took a picture of the Vines in left center. Went to the pitcher's mound, and that, that was my recollection. I had like a half hour, and again, Max Berman comes through. He says, do what you want to do, you know, before the game. And not before the game, like four hours before, before the gates open up. So that was my recollection. I, I always wanted to do that, and uh, I did, got the camera, and got my memories. 
Well, I'm glad too. You felt the love of Cub fans because I'm sure you know uh-huh. the daily oh, grind. The daily grind of just you know going up there and doing your job. But there's a lot of people like myself yep. who really appreciated what you what you brought to Wrigley Field and what how you made that atmosphere come alive. I mean, for well, me, like I, it's been yeah. unbelievable, and I'm just one person, you know. Yeah, not well. Like I told you, I I must have got 4,600 as I say hits because I'm not a computer geek but i have that obviously the iphone and my god i mean you could just sit there i gotta sit here one day on a, when we're having a blizzard and just read all those because it's it's a non-stop people just keep sending out messages of uh good wishes what three four weeks after the season's over and that that just tells me that i really did put a staple on people's uh uh baseball life and you are a part of the cubs and you will always be a part of the cubs and what I ask you as a fan is, uh-huh. you know, make sure you show up once in a while, and because oh, yeah. we, we're going to miss you, I'm going to miss you. But you know, I, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I hope you can come back to Club 400 and play the organ. That, that's that was one of my other questions. I'm going to let you go because Johnny's got to go. But uh, um, you obviously done playing at Wrigley, but you know, you know, you're not done playing the organ. Do you play? No. Do you play a lot when you're not playing at Wrigley, or? Do, I mean, now that you're not at Wrigley Field, you know it's a little different. You're not based on a schedule now. You could just you got more free time, and you don't have to wake up at six o'clock after we have a night game that goes maybe twelve innings, right. <laughs> and we're doing a day game the next day. Right. So, uh, I'll be uh, free time, freedom time, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy it. Yeah, we're gonna I'm gonna try to get I'm gonna try to get my golf score. A load in my bowling score. Let's put it that way. There you go. I, I, I'm gonna we're, I'm gonna miss you. I know. Hey, that's the thing. You know, don't don't don't, don't no, get too sad. He's alive and well here. He's right. he's actually retired now. He's gonna enjoy his life. But I'm gonna miss you at the Cubs convention Thank this you. year. Uh, Thank you. But uh, we uh, we're looking forward to having you out the Club 400 soon. Thank you. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for creating the uh, beautiful sounds of Wrigley Fields for so many years. Thank you for dedication and your loyalty. Thank you for coming out here with the Rizzo event, and thank you for joining us tonight on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And we only wish you the best of health, and you know, and enjoy enjoy uh, your retirement. Stu, I want to thank you very much, and uh, I I really uh, enjoy those sentiments that uh, everybody has uh, given me. And I'll tell you what, Gary, you're one of the kindest, nicest gentlemen I've met, and I've met a lot of people. And uh, only wish you the best. Looking forward to having you out here again. And uh, best uh, enjoy enjoy Florida. Okay, get out of this yeah, crappy exactly. weather. Okay, all right? Right. and it's coming too. Yeah, See, he's Thanks the smartest too. man. He's headed down to Florida. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Stu. I appreciate it very much. All right. Thanks a lot, Gary Pressy, you, organist, thirty-three years, over three decades for the Chicago Cubs. We love you, buddy. Uh, let's play some Gary Pressy music on the way out. Thanks for joining us, everybody, on Club 400 Podcast. My boy William over there and a super producer, Johnny. Feel once more. There's been a lot of talk about the lights at Wrigley Park, but 
once with us both We don't care, we'll play it in the dark And one more thing before we leave That we'll be telling you We'll keep